You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, who are the top 10 Aggies to buy stock into going into the 2021 season. We're going to be discussing that and much, much more. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, make sure you're following us at Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy, who's host of Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams in the SEC, which means there's constant conversation going on about the Aggies, but the 13 other schools who are going to finish below Texas A&M. Make sure you're following him on the Aussie app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So Texas A&M, they're going to be a team on the rise. There's a team that most people are going to have a lot of high hopes for, and deservingly so, because when you break it down, Texas A&M is the one team besides maybe Georgia that goes into that conversation of, I'm ready to compete in year one. I'm ready to compete this year for the SEC title with Alabama. Not just against Alabama, but with Alabama. And with another top 10 recruiting class, and with a bunch of talent returning defensively, it's hard to say that you can't imagine Texas A&M regressing from last year. In fact, they should be improving. Now, of course, the offensive line has got to get better. So does the quarterback position, but that's what spring football is about. That's what the summer's about. That is what fall camp is about. All before week one against Kent State. Now, Sam Kahn of The Athletic came out with his top 10 players to buy stock into for Texas A&M going into the 2021 season. Here's who we had at number one. Edron Cooper, the four-star recruit out of Louisiana, played primarily on special teams as a freshman, really started picking up towards the end of the season and did a great job in the spring game. Literally left and right, made tackle for tackle. A lot of people think that he could be a starter for the Aggies defense in the 4-2-5 front by week three or week four, really depending on what happens now that Buddy Johnson's gone. Number two is Baylor Cup. Baylor Cup, former five-star talent, one of the top names coming out and one of the biggest names to come into Jimbo Fisher's recruiting cycle for years hasn't played the last two seasons because of injuries. He's had two season-ending injuries before he could even take the field. So when you look at what Texas A&M is trying to do, pick up the run game, run more 12-man personnel sets, this is how they do it. They go and they add an extra tight end in the system. Number three, Demond Demas. Demas, everything that we've heard so far from Fisher off the field is fantastic, how he's improved, how he's more mature, how he's showing he can be the it factor, how he can be a superstar talent. But we didn't get to see him playing in the spring game because he had a concussion during practice. This is now the second time, though, that we've heard Demas be praised, but we haven't seen. So again, it's a little hard to buy that stock into because you don't really know if he can be that guy. And we've seen receivers, not just at Texas A&M, but throughout the SEC, throughout college football, be these top-end pass catchers coming out of high school and never really panning out due to off-the-field concerns or just not being able to pick up the speed, not being able to learn the playbook, very limited route trees, all those play factors, and they just pan out to be kind of nothing. So that's another one that's a little risky. Aaron Hansford, 
This is a guy that has a lot of potential. I mean, think about this. He was a wide receiver tight end, kind of bolded his way from being a little bit scrawnier to being a little bit bigger going into his senior year, freshman year. They asked him to play tight end. Didn't really work out, so they asked him to play linebacker. Last year came in, made all of the athletic moves that you want to see from Anthony Hines, but instead did it at the linebacker role. And with Buddy Johnson gone, you're probably looking for somebody to play that more athletic, cover-to-cover, silent-to-silent type player. There's a very good shot he could be that guy. So I think that when you look at what he could do is it's actually kind of funny. And uh, uh, Sam actually mentioned this in the thing. He had a senior bowl invite, and a lot of people thought he was going to be someone on the rise and instead just decided to sit, wait it out, and not really worry about everything. So I think that, you know, him coming back is a kind of a big deal. McKinley Jackson, this is a guy who I have said multiple times is going to be on the rise because of you look at what you lost. You kept Jaden Peavy, your three tech. You lose Bobby Brown, your nose tackle. So what you need is somebody to play that nose tackle role. The guy who has the most experience right now is McKinley Jackson. And McKinley Jackson is somebody who I could see have that big time adaption because he's already taken snaps and they're going to use him in a multitude of different ways. Antonio Johnson comes next on the list. This is somebody who was a top 100 player coming out of high school, was the number one safety in the state of Illinois, and he didn't really play safety last year. He played more nickel position. He's built like a, a safety, hits like a linebacker, good cover skills. And probably is going to be the long-term option at the strong safety role when Damani Richardson goes to the NFL, whenever that is, whether that be 2021 or after 2022. But what you're doing is you're making sure he gets on the field for big nickel formations, but he's got really good cover skills, which allows him to play more of a broad nickel role instead of just playing the run nickel role. Next up was Terry and Lee. This is the first full recruiting cycle for Texas A&M, a Tallahassee, Florida product. He attended Texas A&M camp and impressed the staff soon after, after redshirting in 2019 and only playing in three games last year. He's looking to step up. Again, the linebacker role, the biggest thing with that is nobody knows who's going to be that number one linebacker. We know Hansford probably has one position solidified. Who's coming in as that number two? Is it Cooper? Is it Lee? Or is it Andre White, who already is on staff? Number nine on the list, uh, my bad, number eight on the list is Luke Matthews. High IQ guy, plays the center role, another member of the Matthews clan. Coming from, you know, the history of what the Matthews have done, not just at Texas A&M, but also at the NFL level, you expect a high IQ, high motor, definitely one of these players who can step up right away and be a superstar, but he didn't play in the spring because of precautionary reasons after missing last season. So he's strong, he's physical, he's fast, can get out the line of scrimmage, going to be a big-time name if he can win the starting center role. Next up, Aki Uganabini, who was a red shirt last year. Uh, he did not play, and instead, they're going to wait to see what he can do in this year. But it looks like he's going to be taking over for Kenyon Green at that left guard role. And number 10 was Layden Robinson. Definitely a guy who's going to be in the conversation to start at right guard in favor of the upcoming freshman Bryce Foster. Uh, had some time 
It's a backup behind Jared Hawker. Has impressed during the spring. Looked to be one of the more consistent players this past spring. Comes in at six foot four, three hundred and thirty pounds. So he has the adequate size of what you're looking for at the position, and he shows a lot of potential to be that guy. So that's Sam Khan's top ten, and I get those top ten. And I'm gonna tell you right now, of those top ten that I'm about to mention on my top ten, we have eight of the same. There's two players that I do believe you need to think a little bit more of going into next season rather than kind of put them down on the li- on the list below. And uh, one is mentioned on Sam's uh, players to watch list. And the other one, yeah, I'm going to mention him, but you know, at some point, I'm not really sure I'm going to buy into the stock. I'm more sort of saying I believe in that stock. Speaking of stocks, it's never too early to get your bets in when looking ahead at the SEC schedule. Now, the SEC is going to change, and the odds for every team to get higher up will change with it. So, why not make the bet at the one place we love and the one place we trust? That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, and the best wagers every single time you use their status at BetOnline underscore AG, whether that be on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, whatever you gotta do, BetOnline underscore AG. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. When you go visit BetOnline.ag right now, go type in the promo code locked on and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's go ahead and start breaking down my top 10. Every single top 10 list is different, but I believe when you look at the top 10 players to buy stock into going into next year, you have to consider every single type of player. So let's just go ahead and get my number 10 out of it. It's Chase Lane. Chase Lane doesn't really have to have that much stock because of we've already seen what he can do as the number one receiver. But I don't think he will be the number one. I think he's going to be the number two receiver. I think that there's another receiver who's going to step up and play that number one role. So what you do instead is you have Lane be your possessional receiver. The one thing that I can say about Chase Lane is when he was asked to do plays 10 yards in, 12 yards deep, and not really do much after the catch, just make the catch and go down, he was consistent. He moved the ball. He did a very good job, and that's why he was technically Texas A&M's leading receiver last year. Anaya Smith technically was, but he also played every single position under the sun, so I can't put him just at that position. So Lane, being your number two receiver, your possessional target, not your vertical option, not your you know high red zone guy, but a guy who continues to move the chains, probably gets 60, 65 catches next year, moves third down, first and 10, gets 12 yards, consistently finds that range of anywhere between, I would say, 10.5 to 15.5 yards per play. That's what you want in this guy. You want a guy who's going to average maybe six catches a game, probably about 65 yards, each catch at least nine-plus yards. Chase Lane comes in for me at number 10. Number nine, I'm going to go with Aki Uganavani. Now, again, why did I go with him? Because I believe if you have to make a conversation right now, who was going to be the starter, for sure, on the offensive line? Him or Layden Robinson? You got to go with Uganagami. Because again, everything he's doing shows potential. It's a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit more athletic. And you also have Bryce Foster from Katie Taylor coming in. If Bryce Foster is as advertised and he can be a starter right away, at worst, you're going to play him just similar to what you did with Kenyon Green. 
probably at the right guard role instead of the left guard role. That left guard role is going to be very essential, especially at the quarterback position with Zach Calzada and with Haynes King. So at that point, you have to solidify the left guard role. The more athletic player needs to be the one out there. To me, the more athletic of the two is Ugambayi. I know, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Ugambayi. That's how you say it. Ugambayi. But Aki is going to be the guy. So I got to put him at number nine. At number eight, I put Antonio Johnson. Johnson's a guy who had a lot of potential, and he showed it last year. He was somebody who each week played consistently. And towards the end of the season, he was getting more reps than Devin Morris. He was getting more reps than Keldrick Carper. He was the guy. And you play him in the nickel because he can do a lot in the nickel. He can play the run. He's a good read and react guy. You don't need to worry about him playing deep in coverage. You want him more in zone coverage. And it showed up when he was playing with Andre White Jr. So you want somebody who can be a little bit bigger, a little bit more effective. And the one thing you got to take away from a Jimbo Fisher defense, the bigger you are and the faster you play, the more opportunity you will have to be successful as a grand total package for Mike Elko's defense. The one thing, they're big, they're strong, they get a lot of plays. You need somebody who can be this big. That's where Antonio Johnson comes in. A bigger nickel defender who has cornerback speed, has safety sides, hits like a linebacker, kind of a perfect hybrid player altogether. Number seven, name that's not mentioned, Isaiah Rakes. Rakes is going to be that over-under type of guy. He's going to be somebody who plays both the nose tackle and the three tech. Again, you need the guy to be effective as a run stopper, but he's got some bull rush ability. So say McKinley Jackson gets hurt, you want somebody who can play both. You want somebody who can be effective as a run stopper when they're playing a heavy run scheme because DeMarvin Leal is going to be pushed out to the outside, but you also want somebody who, when Leal is playing more of a pass rushing situation, somebody who can play double teams. Rakes has the size, Rakes has the speed, and Rakes is very effective when asked to play on both passing sets and run sets. So I think that he's going to be a name to really watch for. Number six, McKinley Jackson. The one thing you have to consider with Mike Oko's defense is they're going to run multiple, multiple, multiple types of formations. That means heavy run formations where they load the box in the middle, where they run, you know, four or five defensive linemen. They're going to run a lot of three-man sets where you're going to have a bull rusher and two edge rushers to go alongside with an extra kind of blitzer whether that be Aaron Hansford, whether that be DeMarvin Leal, Michael Clemens, Tyree Johnson. You need somebody who can do both. Of the two, of Rakes and Jackson, Jackson's the more polished. Jackson played more. Jackson showed the potential behind Brown last year. So again, you got to go with somebody who's a little bit more refined. Of the two, Jackson gets the start. But Jaden Peavy could be a rotational guy. Rakes eventually could take over for Peavy. Because he's that talented. And if Rakes takes over, you got a younger guy, a more youthful guy, and somebody who maybe has a little bit more pop to their overall game. The one thing we've seen for the last 
four or five years with Texas A&M. From the Kingsley Kikis to the Justin Matabikes to the Bobby Browns to the Jaden Peavies, um, you know, to the um, uh, Dalen Max. You've just seen an interchangeable thread of running backs. I mean, of defense tackles come in and make plays immediately. That's where Isaiah rakes, and that's where McKinley Jackson can fall in. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Nine delicious flavors, each one covered in 100% real chocolate and a great nougat center, and they're soft and easy to chew. They actually are more like candy bars than they are protein bars, and they have a delicious treat right in the middle, so every single bite is something you are going to love. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, but more than that, they are low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody on the keto diet. I start my day off every single day with a peanut butter brownie protein bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. So go ahead and visit BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your very next purchase. That's LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network in 25 minutes or less. Guys, it literally takes 25 minutes. It's a drive to the office. It's a workout on the treadmill. It's literally walking your dog around the corner. You can get caught up on everything you need to know major going on in the sporting realm. How do you do so? Listen to Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. Peter breaks down all major sporting news coming out of the NBA, the MLB, breaking down college football, and of course, preparing for the 2021 NFL season. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So again, I gave my top five, uh, my top 10 guys I think need to have breakout years and who I'm buying the stock into. Chase Lane being a possessional number two receiver. I went with uh, Aki Ugamani as my number nine guy. I went with Antonio Johnson at number eight. Isaiah Rakes at seven. And number six was McKinley Jackson. So where do I go with my top five? Number five is Aaron Hansford. Hansford will be the leader of the linebackers. That does not mean he's going to be the most effective linebacker, but he's going to be the leader of the linebackers. Guy plays sideline to sideline, better speed, good closing, can play a little bit of coverage. You want that. You want a guy who can step up and be that same leader Buddy Johnson was. And if you have that already on the roster of a guy who started and somebody who a lot of people were very shocked at the starting job when Anthony Hines opted out, he lived up to the hype. And he's played like that. And he's also won over Jimbo Fisher and Mike Elko. He's got to be that guy. Maybe not a 95, 110 tackle type of guy, but he has to be somebody who can make a ton of plays, be effective against the run, but more so play the open field. Who is number four? The guy next to him. Edron Cooper makes a lot of sense because he's younger, he's really fast, and he was one of the top linebackers coming out in 2020. I think it was the number one linebacker coming out of uh, Louisiana. It still to me is Andre White. Andre White Jr. filled in beautifully last year at the Orange Bowl for Aaron Hansford, who missed time. And what I liked is they asked Buddy Johnson really to play more of Hansford's role and White play more of of, uh, Buddy's role. So Buddy was playing more in the coverage open field and you had White playing that, you know, short intermediate area. You wanted him to be the guy playing basically zone run and he stepped up. I think he had the team high eight total tackles. He's going to be the guy that gets the first call, in my opinion, to start 
at that Mike linebacker role. And it's one of two positions that's being replaced defensively. So I have to go with him at number four. That's the guy who isn't mentioned on either list, but I do believe that Andre White is going to lead the team in tackles this year. Number three, I'm going to go Baylor Cup. And the only reason I'm going Baylor Cup over a few others is because if you're going to run a lot of 12-man personnel, he's the tight end you have to do it with. You know what Jalen Weidemeyer is. Everybody knows what his upside can be. Everybody sees what his overall performance is. Nobody knows what Baylor Cup is. That's a good thing. That's a bad thing. The one thing you have to consider is his size. He's six foot seven. He's 250 pounds. He's a mismatch nightmare. Think of Charlie Kohler for Iowa State. Think of Kyle Pitts for Florida. You couldn't just play a nickel cornerback uh, on him. You couldn't just play a safety on him. You had to find that hybrid player, that Antonio Johnson type player, to be able to go toe for toe, snap for snap each play. That's exactly what you're looking for with Baylor Cup. He can be a flex. You can play him on the line of scrimmage. But everything you have to consider about him is he's going to complement, not take over for Jalen Weidemeyer. The other thing you have to consider, and this is the biggest one of all, in my opinion, you have to consider how he moves in space. Somebody who can do a little bit in the red zone, somebody who can do a little bit as a receiver deep downfield, somebody who can be an option all across the boards, that's what you need. Number two, Devon A. Chain. Reality check. Devon A. Chain just basically reset the 100 and 200 meter record in the state of Texas. That's open field speed for the defense. That is a defense that is going to be basically mismatched every single play. Having a chain get past that first and second level and then match up with the safety in the cornerback. Just think about that for a second. I don't need to explain much more because when you think about it, you watched it. Watch that game against North Carolina again. When A-Chain got to that third level, game over. If you can do that against Alabama and LSU and maybe Georgia in the SEC Championship and Auburn, these defenses that are going to be really, really talented, I think that's the game changer. Having that speed, that home run speed, and a guy who has the agility to break out at that first and second level to win on straight line speed is essential. But the number one player that you got to buy stock into this year, it is DeMond Demas. Because DeMond is a five-star talent. DeMond is a player who, if maturity was not a problem, if he was able to be effective as an overall player during his rookie year, if he was able to be talented enough to work either outside or inside, and I do think that he can play both outside or inside, this is your number one receiver. Everything he can bring to the table is phenomenal. From a route running perspective, from a cans perspective, watch his junior uh, film. Watch his film from his junior year of high school. He was great. And it was clear that he was the best player on the field no matter where you looked. Get the ball in his hands, let him work. That was basically the story, and that's basically how it happened. 
every single play that Demas got his his hands on was either a first down or a touchdown. You need that again in, in Texas A&M. You need that at College Station. Why? You have a young quarterback, one who has not really worked as a starter. In fact, neither of them have worked as a starter, but they barely played as well. Having as many weapons, having as, as much protection as possible is going to be key. There's one more name I forgot to mention, and this is actually my number one guy. I forgot, I'm sorry about that. I don't know why I forgot about him, but it's Luke Matthews. Having the IQ and having the adaptability to learn, read, and react with a young quarterback is so important. It's why the center position might be the most important position on the offensive line. They're setting up the play. And to come from the Matthews family and to work with a super young, talented, upside player like Calzada, like Haynes King, is important for a center because they are going to dissect which way the play needs to unfold. And a lot of times, the center is the most important part of setting up a play. A quarterback can do whatever, but a center tells which way to block. A center can call out if he sees a blitz. It's his job to also get the ball to the quarterback. If you're in a shotgun formation and that ball sails 10 yards over his head, dead play. Matthews has to be the most consistent player every single snap. It can be okay if Kenyon Green gives up a sack or two. It can be okay if um, Chase Lane drops a ball or two. It can't be okay if Luke Matthews gets blown black play by play by one of these defensive linemen. It's a style game. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back on Monday to discuss so much more about Texas A&M. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.